Hey, how's it going, Champagne Sharks? Hope everyone's doing well. Just wanted to uh, do some quick house cleaning, let people know. Go to ChampagneSharks.com and you get access to all the links related to Champagne Sharks. You can go there and find it all. And you can find where we are on social media, our products, all that stuff. Also, Patreon benefits, which includes Discord server, book club night, movie night discussions, show notes, newsletter, and most importantly, bonus episodes. So definitely become a patron for $5 a month at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. And without further ado, here is the episode. Take care. Okay, so uh, champagne sharks, this was not even an episode I originally planned, but I saw this movie. And much like the master, I had to talk to somebody about about. Oh no, it's, it's just called Master. Just like Master, I'm like I gotta talk to some people about this movie. And I, uh, Yaz, Yasmin Nair saw it on her own, so I <laughs> in misery. Invited, yeah, and naturally invited her, and then Chris and Mtume, uh What's up, yo yo? I recruited them to see it. <laughs> Yeah, he owes me drinks for, for watching this movie. I'm sorry, Trevor. I'm sorry, bro. The last two nights, I spent like five hours watching Agatha oh Christie. God. So. Oh, my God. All for you, T. Oh, good, good, good. I know, right? Uh, yeah, so I'll just let um, I let people introduce themselves in the order that they showed up. So we'll start with Yasmin. Um, yes, hi. Um, hello, everyone. Always a delight to be here, T. Thank you so much. And to be here with Chris and Mtume is just fantastic. And uh, I guess you owe them <laughs> for, for them. You forced them to watch the movie. I foolishly endured it on my own. Um, I don't know. And, 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 and you are a pro a Poirot fan, right? So Huge. I'm a huge Agatha Christie fan and I'm a huge Poirot fan. Yes, yeah. exactly. This is my first exposure to <gasps> Poirot, the character. So oh. I, I'm counting on you to answer a lot Ooh, of the questions about yes. what they got right and what they got wrong. I mean... Everything is wrong. Sorry. <laughs> Not to give away the whole bloody so episode. <laughs> this is so bad that without a point of reference, I could already yes. tell that they got him wrong, even without yes. seeing anything <gasps> Wow. Else. Wow. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. I'll say this before I introduce the rest. Ice, Ice was um. I turned on HBO Max and I saw Death on the Nile. And I saw mm-hmm. it was a Poirot mm-hmm. thing, and I said, "Oh, I was always curious about uh, Poirot. Uh, let me give this a try." I got ten minutes in, and I was like, "Okay, let me see if there's any other versions of this movie because I just don't want to watch this one." So I found the 1978 Death on the Nile. I watched that one, and I'm like, "This is so different than the ten minutes of the other movie I saw." So I went back to watch the new one, and I was so horrified. And um, <laughs> y- yeah, uh, Chris, actually, uh, M Two May showed up next, so uh, yeah, I'll let M Two May introduce himself. I'm Tume Gant, a filmmaker. Very uh, happy to be on um, again. It's been a been a minute. Um, yeah, uh, I I I've only seen the '74 Murder on the Orient Express by Sidney Lumet, so that I didn't have time to watch the Death on the Nile, the older one. I wanted to watch it, but yeah, this was a. Uh, I, I am a like Yasmin. I'm a, I'm a big Kenneth Branagh Brenna Branagh hater, and we can talk about that uh, in depth at some point. Um, being being that I'm a trained actor, Kenneth Branagh, also from the, the era that Branagh was very big mm. in the 90s, yes. and especially in the, in the 90s, late 80s of the 90s, when he was very touted as being, you know, yeah. Lawrence Olivier. Well, really, yeah. like, the, like, like the next Lawrence Olivier. Yes. I, 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 was, I had no idea he descended into such hackery. So <laughs> I thought he was yeah. still that guy until I saw this thing. 
but you know it's weird i even think his fake Lawrence olivier was pretty hackish we we, we, we can get into that in a minute though mm-hmm. did he make belfast Yes. He did make Belfast, which I wish I, I refused to watch. I refuse to watch anything so with or by him. Yeah, I refuse. It does. Oh, oh I, have, I have no doubt that his old stuff was overrated because nobody becomes this bad if they were ever good. So, <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah, no one does that Praro accent and <laughs> can act with the damn ever in their life. So, no, no. So I never saw his old stuff, but mm. but when I saw this, mm. I was like, okay, so he was just overhyped. Uh, Very. Yeah. Yeah, we can discuss. We, sh- we can and we should discuss the '90s. My yeah. least favorite decade of all time. I'm sorry, Chris. Go ahead. Oh, me to me. I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm done. Chris, Chris, Chris can jump in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please do. Chris. All right. Okay. Uh, batting cleanup. Hi, this is Chris Lee, writer, podcaster for Escape from Plan A. Uh, I've lost count of how many times I've been on. So hopefully listeners you kind of recognize me uh thanks for having me on and yeah my, my favorite people are all on this post <laughs> yes. i'm so i'm so awesome. happy for, for this episode to get rolling it really is such a delight. yeah I'll, I'll let you guys give the 90s uh background because i'm curious about it myself because yeah i knew about his reputation in the 90s everyone said oh Bronach, Bronach, Shakespearean. Yeah. I never watched his stuff, but I never knew, you know, what he became right. since then. So in my mind, he was still the guy that, you know, is the actor's actor. So then, <laughs> so then when I saw this, but then somebody pointed out to me, he also did, did, did a Marvel movie, a Thor movie. Yeah, yeah he, he directed right. the first Thor, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is very middle of the road, you know, by the numbers. So I was like, okay, so he's probably like, you know, devolved into this for a while now. But yeah, it Please like, give me give me the retrospective on on Bronog and his career. I think something that a friend of mine said about him is so accurate. My friend Wes said, you know, his best role, the role that he was really, really only the only role he was ever good in, was as that wizard in the Harry Potter movie, and that's because he plays this really pompous ass. Oh, Gilderoy Lockhart. <laughs> yes, and he said, you know, he's really good in that because that he's playing himself and. Other than that, yes. I mean, you know, the 90s, yeah, everyone's right. You know, the, it was all about Kenneth Branagh. And then he had this power couple marriage with Emma Thompson. Yeah. And then he made a movie with Emma Thompson and I think Helena Bonham Carter. Cool. He and was with he, her too, right? Right. For a while. And then he, right. Well, that was while he was married to Emma Thompson. And then he hooked up with Helena Bonham Carter. Wait, 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 wait. wait, 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 wait. So when did Helena Bonham <laughs> Carter marry Tim Burton then? After. After, much after. Oh, so, so wait, did he cheat with Emma Thompson? Did I believe so, yes. Yeah. And Emma Thompson talked about it a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. So, but they were like the big power couple and he he was in every, exactly what Chris and Imtumi said. He was in every big movie. He was the big in Imtumi points that, you know, he was the big or supposed to be the you know the successor to Laurence Olivier, etc. And I'll just end with saying, you know, the, yeah, the nineties are a strange decade that it, it produced people like Kenneth Branagh, but also a lot of that I think also had to do with the economics of money and the fact that at that time I think there was this whole British movie thing going on, yep. James Ivory, right? The James Ivory oh, movies, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is what Helena Bonham Carter came out of. So you know, um, so Kenneth Branagh comes out of that. I will only I will just Max machine. Yes, exactly. The Miramax machine. The nineties had this right. 
Miramax art house aesthetic. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And the only thing I will say about him for now about his acting is that I was in an English department at the time as a grad student. And that I think is when his Hamlet came out. And of course, you know, what could you do as an English department person, but go see bloody Hamlet. And I hated it. But because I was a coward, I didn't have the guts to say I hated it (laughs) because you weren't supposed to. It was Kenneth Branagh and it was Hamlet. Four hours. Four. Oh my God! Wow. See, oh, I've even erased that fact out of my mind. Yeah. But it, he is a is, terrible is Hamlet, actor. Is Hamlet usually four hours when it's when it's uh, staged, or mm-hmm. I mean, find a way to bloat it. Un unedited, it's about a five and a half hour play. Oh, God okay. damn it! Okay. Wow. I mean, I'm any, glad I, never I mean, watched any it. any any Shakespeare. Gosh, I would think I would say tragedy. Right. Tragedy is probably unedited over four hours. I don't mm. think any of the tragedies are, are are some of the comedies. You probably can do it in three. Yes. Yeah. You know, but like the tragedies, no, those things go horribly long. Mm-hmm. Especially Hamlet. Hamlet is a long play. It's if you long, it, but you, yeah. can, you should edit Hamlet also. <laughs> right. If you're making a movie out of it, there is no need to get on stage. Yeah. This thing, I would not hire Kenneth Branagh to do the Kenneth Branagh story. I wouldn't hire him to play himself. <laughs> it, it was so bad. And, and I have a theory that he deliberately tried to get as many actors that are worse than him in this movie as possible. Oh, I think so. It's a, it's a good one. Like Gal Gadot. Somehow, as bad as his Poirot accent was, which was horrible. And, and, Can you tell Sophie me what Okinados. accent Army Hammer was supposed to have? Because he kept slipping in and he out has, of this British. And I, I swear, he, he sometimes had like yeah. this Cajun accent. I don't know. I think he was just, trying to do like a almost... Transatlantic really, accent? Transatlantic, like a, what you must call like a William uh, Buckley type of thing. Right. But, but, not yeah. as, but, but not as pompous. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Kind of Catherine be... hepburn I guess. But, but, right. but, but Chris is right. It ventured into something Cajun at times. So <laughs> yeah. Should we... Like give it everyone a synopsis of the movies, or I want to throw one just... thing about Brana sorry, in there before, sorry. so we, we we can get off of that. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I, as a, I was a you know I was an actor, a young actor coming mm-hmm. up in the in, in the nineties in, in college, and and your teachers were like. You have to watch the Kenneth Branagh Shakespeare movies. You know he did like Henry. The the the, the Henry V one was the one they had. You must watch the Henry V Kenneth Branagh. It's like this <laughs> thing you need to see. And I was always kind of like, eh. You know, then when you play like Iago in the Othello movie with uh, Lauren, Lawrence Fishburne, which is which is a bad movie. Um, you know, you were I was kind of like, I'm not into this guy. And then I remember same with you as the Hamlet. They took us on a school trip to watch it. And I could not stomach it. I was like, this is terrible. This is so long. I didn't know it was four hours until I got there. And it was so bad. There came a point, I think, with Brana where I think by the time I got to college, where he kind I think I think the the bullshit after the Emma Thompson thing, he got Helena Bottom Carter, the BS kind of like got exposed, I think. Mm. And I think that's kind of where like him going and doing like a Marvel movie oh. ended up kind of being who he, you know he, he does like Wallander, the the that, that yes. crime fiction. Right based on the Swedish and, and that's another thing that I wanted to watch because I heard good things about those novels but now I won't because he's in it but this is also him jacking Olivier too he has a big thing with Olivier because remember Olivier later in his career played sleuths he yes. did um, uh, the boys from Brazil what's that great movie that he uh, that Olivier did oh man Marathon uh, Man 
No, no it's one from like the it's, it's a it's a British film about the, the 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 girl whose daughter is kidnapped and he plays the cop looking for her. Oh my goodness! I'm gonna uh, you Google. I have to Google the the the, the name Magic. of the movie. But but this is I I, I can tell the Brana has like. Olivier like in in the back of his head a lot when he's even even doing something like Poirot is like I think I think is a uh, a ploy to kind of like do the type of things that Olivier did do. Mm, Bunny um, Lake is missing. Bunny Lake. Bunny Lake is oh, missing, I which is a great, that's movie. a great movie. That's a great movie. But that's like you know that's Olivier playing a detective. Oh, well, mm. God, but, but but that movie was like so well crafted. I mean, well, yeah, he's I mean, close with what the Saul, doing. Saul, Saul Bass, you know, doing the opening, but like it's, you could tell Branna, but Branna doesn't have any real taste and, you know, so we don't, you know, but yeah, so I wanted to add that little thing that like mm. Branna was for a long time, I think in the nineties, as seen as this pillar of excellence, but I think by like but the, by like the aughts, it was he, over. He hasn't moved. Like he, this feels like somebody who would have made Love Actually uh th- this this uh yeah totally horror movie mm-hmm. like, like you could tell somebody who cut their teeth in the time that love actually was made like it just feels cheesy british <laughs> cheap like, yeah. it feels british in a bad way british people have a certain way of doing highbrow and a certain <laughs> way of doing lowbrow british lowbrow to me is like the worst lowbrow i it is it is so cheap bad. and bad mm-hmm. and yeah. they think it's funny and you just oh sort of God. look at it and you go seriously what is wrong with you oh my god british lo- like i will take american- a misogynist and misogynist oh, as yes. hell i'll give a great example uh people bash friends a lot and friends did get bad in the later seasons but if you watch the first two or three seasons of friends i think it's perfectly good watchable sometimes even really good tv coupling which is like oh god the yeah. british version it's so freaking awful it's mm-hmm. so bad it's yep. depressing yes and, and it's so pleased with itself and misogynist and sexy and it thinks this is so cheeky and clever and i feel like Wait, you mean Veronica sexist is, what's that uh, do you mean sexist you, i think you said sexy oh, oh I, I meant sexist Okay. Okay. I, I thought I said misogynist, but I don't know. But and then you said that sexy, so I was like, oh, that he probably meant sexist. Oh no, it's definitely not sexy. I mean, it's it's, <laughs> it's it's horrible. It's horrible. It's uh, and um, this kind of feels like the um that version. Like this feels like the coupling love actually version of an Agatha Christie. It's just uh, <laughs> it's just it's just awful. I I, I don't. Yeah, there, there are, there's like too many love lines going around um, mm-hmm. in this one. I mean, we'll get to it when we delve into the movie, but yeah. Yeah, and 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 to me, you did not see the original movie, but do you know the original story at all? I don't know if you know the story because it really helps to appreciate the awfulness of the Bronach version. So, if how much does it does it does it diverge? Does it does it? Di- I don't. Does it diverge a lot? Because I was oh. like. I'm almost, watching the movie. I would say so. I would say it diverges a lot. Almost completely. Yeah. I'm watching the movie and going, it makes no sense. No way the original could have done this. No, it I, makes I, no I just, sense. I just didn't believe it. I was like, no way they could be this pointless and bad. Yeah. This is yeah. this this is terrible. The very personality and tone is off. And they just changed a lot of things for no reason. Just put things in different places. Yes. And and, and also the CGI was really bad. Like it was almost green screen like 90s green screen quality i couldn't believe yeah. how fake everything looked in the background yeah should, should we go through the movie maybe the, mm. the new one and then maybe every time there's like a 
point of divergence, we can note it and then and then talk about it more. Or should we talk about what the original story was and how maybe yeah, it I think shifted? the original story. I have actually read the novel as well. I'm even the 78. Oh, wow. oh, I love I love Agatha Christie so much. And if you're an Agatha Christie fan, like, this is one of the big ones, you know, one okay. of the along with Death on the Nile. Those are the two sort of. Uh, I think you mean murder. I, th- I think you mean murder in the Orient Express. Oh, right? So sorry. Yes. Murder on the Ex- Orient Express. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, exactly. So and actually the story, even the 78 one diverges a little bit here and there, but not that much. You know, um, yeah, I, I looked up the wiki entry for the novel it seemed like a few characters have been cut out uh just probably for the sake of you know would you would you mind um you know telling us about the original book and the 1978 version as well as like what you like about uh Agatha Christie in general I mean the only one I've seen besides this one is 10 Little Indians which I really liked oh yes it's that's a good one that's a really good one It had a very problematic name, as you know. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I've also seen the original cover, which is horrendous. So, oh, I mean, no. and that just bring. oh, yeah. I mean, Agatha Christie is... Uh, uh, for people who don't know, it's uh, t- <laughs> 10 Little N-Words is the original name of that book. <laughs> and oh, my gosh. I've been trying to get... Uh, Wait, seriously? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The original version is, is 10 Little N-Words. And, and it's named, but, 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 but there used to be an old British story and nursery rhyme. And oh, yeah. Thing. So it was culturally in the catch British a, Yeah, catch yeah. a thing by the tail. Yeah. And now it's catch a tiger by the tail. Yeah, but, so, yeah. so um, they changed the song in folklore and, and, and the nursery rhymes of 10 Little Indians, which is probably considered racist now too, probably. <laughs> yes. So now it's, I think it's, uh, and then there were, there was none. I think that's oh, the latest. I've heard of that. Yeah, that's I've heard the of that. that's yeah. the latest title. That's yeah, the most yeah, modern yeah, title. Yeah, so it was ten little n words, then ten little Indians, <laughs> and now they call it. And then there was none. Which is like the all the line. colonies one by one were like, um, no, um, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> And but, finally, they said, we've given up on the whole goddamn empire. Let's just change the name. She's pretty racist in general, but she's, she super, she's super talented. I know in today's yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. idea of like uh, new wokeness and social justice type of stuff that um, you can't admit that anybody problematic is good. <laughs> and you can't admit that anybody who virtue signals is bad. But <laughs> the truth of the matter is, she's really racist, but she's fucking brilliant yeah, whatever she, she like wrote in the 20s or something what do you expect right? yes exactly yeah no no she was yeah she was problematic but also a fantastic writer and i think still i think some of her books and her one play the name of which i forget is the mousetrap i think it's still the longest running uh like con- con- you know continuously longest running play in the world i oh, believe wow. oh yeah, I've, she's- seen the, I've seen the mousetrap too mm-hmm, so i didn't know that mm-hmm. was her so I yes that's hers yeah multiple that's things. hers she yeah. plots exquisitely i mean she does the idea of bringing my uh, someone a total hack like michael green to screenwrite <laughs> and make liberal changes i mean i won't trust him to even transcribe her work much less make choices right because right. uh, that guy is a total I'm, I'm sorry but let's go back to you describing the plot of the book and the 1978 movie. Sure. So, the, you know, to, to very, as quickly as I can, because it's a complex, slightly complex, but actually it's not that complicated. Basically what happens is that you have this woman, you know, her plots ultimately are not all that complicated, but the way she weaves the story makes it seem like there's this massive drama. And that I think is her genius. But essentially there is this extremely wealthy socialite. Uh, she's, I think, either English or she's English-American or 
her family has fortunes everywhere across the world. This is a little bit after the 1929 crash, which does figure in the original novel uh, in terms of why certain people might be seeking revenge. We'll come to that in a second. But essentially, there's a there's an immensely rich woman named Lynette, and I forget her last name. Ridgeway. Ridgeway. Thank you. Lynette Ridgeway and her best friend is... Uh, uh, Jacqueline uh, something Jackie um, I think she goes by I should have uh, we do it. Jackie and Simon are in love basically and uh, so but Simon in the book is someone who doesn't really know how to earn a living is kind of a little bit lost and Jackie goes to Lynette and Jackie's Jackie's not that wealthy but Jackie goes to Lynette and says you know I'm madly in love with this guy could you give him a job you know as like the estate groundskeeper or something in your on your massive estate and Lynette takes one look at at uh, the guy and says yeah sure next thing you know Lynette has quote unquote stolen Simon that's how Jackie sees it and the two of them you know have this very uh, sort of infamous slash famous marriage they have this wedding and they go off on a honeymoon to Egypt and Jackie follows them all the way there and in Egypt what happens is that they take a long river cruise on on, a, on this is again you know 1930s or so fantastic costuming etc in, in the 1978 movie but they go on a long cruise down the Nile and there are various attempts also, just to, to interject yes, please the, of course the reason yes. they go on that the reason they go on that cruise is to get away from Jackie, right? They think they contrive. You know. Yes, exactly. They kind of try to uh, shake her off their tail, as it were, and they think they've gotten rid of her, but she shows up on the boat unexpectedly because she's been following them, and they don't understand how she knows exactly where they're going to be. But she's on this big ass cruise boat with them, and a motley assortment of characters. And essentially, what happens is that one night. Jackie and Simon have a fight. There's a witness. Jackie shoots Simon, um, you know, over the course of the next couple of days. And, and that very night, actually, it turns out Lynette is also shot to death. Uh, Simon has an injury. Lynette is shot to death. So everyone wonders what's been happening, etc. The long story short is that at the end of the story, and this, you know, everyone, there's no spoiler here. It's, it's been floating around for like 50 years. <laughs> but at the end of the story, basically, it turns out Simon and Jackie had cleverly planned all of this and they had always, you know, this is always their plot that mm -hmm. uh, one of them would kill uh, Lynette and that Simon would become a mourning widow and then eventually marry Jackie, find her again, as it were, marry Jackie and they would both go off with all the money. And Poirot happens, now in the book, Poirot happens to show up it happens to be one of the crew, one of one of those people who's also in Egypt, part of all these trips and so on. He's and he solves the mystery uh, of of what happens in this 1978 uh, movie. It. The 1978 movie is pretty much like the original book and it has a cast of fantastic actors, like including Betty Davis. Oh, yeah, <laughs> in, she was awesome. In like her last century of existence. And, and Maggie and just, Smith. Maggie Smith. Maggie is great. Smith, oh, exactly. Wow. Yeah. Maggie's like a murderer's role of, of Oh, actress. yes. It really is David Niven. And oh, then yeah. There are, yeah. And then there were a couple of extremely, like no one in America knows him, but there are these two extremely famous 
uh, Indian actors. One of them is Ayas Johar, who plays the boats, you know, boat manager, the cruise manager. And then there's Saeed Jaffrey, who's actually an extremely famous actor in India, who was once married to Mother Jeffrey, whom some of you might know as the woman who writes all these amazing cookbooks and who's also, <laughs> you know, uh, an actress in her own, an actor in her own right, etc. And 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 also you forgot uh, Simon McCorkendale, also yes. known to U.S. audiences as Manimal. I did not. I was not actually completely aware of that. I knew his face. I did not know about that. Yeah, yeah I'm being I'm, I'm being sarcastic. Uh, um, oh, um, Manimal, Manimal <laughs> is very much like a cult. Is a cult classic. Cult classic. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's See? this guy who turns into animals, and it's very Manimal. well known uh, for being campy. I, he's very cute. Yeah. 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 He's but very cute. Yeah. He, but he was very good. I, I never saw him acting something that was not you know, campy. And I thought he did mm. a, such a better job than um, uh, Army Hammer. Oh, yes. Right, 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 right. But yeah, so that's the story. And the movie had, like The Murder on the Orient Express, which was made in 1974, which also had these huge, huge, huge film stars of the time, most of whom were actually in their declining years. But still, you know, these fantastic, huge actors, yeah, right? Ingrid Bergman is in Ingrid yeah. Bergman was in yeah. exactly Murder on the Orient Express. Here you have Angela Lansbury is absolutely delightful. Oh, yeah, she was as, Yes, as, 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 a, as, a, as a sexual novelist. Who listens to the primal heat of people? You know, I mean, she's fantastic. The one person I feel bad for always is watching. I don't know if I'm. I don't think I'm pronouncing her name correctly. Olivia, is it Hasse or? Uh, Hasse? Yeah, unfortunately, I think that's. <laughs> is it Hasse? Yeah. Okay. yeah, I think it is Hasse. Yeah, yeah Juliet from yes. Romeo and Juliet, and she was once supposed to be literally the world's biggest star, right? With Romeo and Juliet, and then she really faded. And this movie it may have been one of the last ones that she. Did. Mm. Um, and, but you know, it is like, yeah, exactly. It's like this all-star cast of people. And David um and um and Hercule Poirot is played by Peter Ustinov with a really good Belgian accent, which we will come to. Oh. And it's yeah, it's a completely improbable plot, really, as so much of Agatha Christie actually is. Like when you look at the details, you're like, wait, how could that happen? But it doesn't really <laughs> matter, right? Because it's Agatha Christie. And a lot of the drama in Christie comes out of the the, the narration and the dialogue. Yes, I'm sorry. And that's... Hey, I, I'm not, no, I, I was going to say with uh, Agatha Christie, because um, I watched Murder in the Orient Express after this. And that one's interesting because Albert Finney's kind of has a bad accent too, but he's such a good actor that doesn't yeah. matter. Finney's the man. Yeah, was yeah. The, yeah, was the I'd man. I've forgotten yeah. that Finney was in that. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. remember who was. Yeah, he uh, was a little sloppier, as I remember, wasn't he? Yeah. A bit sloppier because Poirot is impeccable. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a very Finney acting like yes, thing that he does. I, don't, I, don't, I think Finney playing a refined um, character <laughs> is, not, yeah, yeah. is not the this best thing true. to do. And I, lo I, I love Albert Finney. You can be wrong, but it's not yeah, it's, yeah. making him play refined is, isn't the best choice. <laughs> he, still, yeah. he still makes it work for what he's doing. Is just not doesn't really seem to be Poirot like 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 yeah. it's like it, it's he looks kinda, dreadful oh my goodness yes I it, remember yeah, it, him now it kind of reminds me of like I use the example of like Heath Ledger and the Joker like mm -hmm. I don't think Heath Ledger played the Joker but what he no. did play I thought was very fascinating to watch fun to watch I guess but you know like people say oh he captured the Joker I'm like no no he didn't he just played something else that was fun to watch and I feel like right. that's what Finney did like like he played I think the caricature uh, so. something that was that was cool to watch is yeah, it Poirot? Yeah. I don't know, but I enjoyed watching it. 
and right and I mean, good, but whereas uh brana <laughs> doesn't capture Praro <laughs> no. or do anything and that. now we come to brana <laughs> yeah. yes um the disaster yeah. but yeah so in terms of sorry just the changes in mm-hmm. between you know there, there aren't that many significant changes actually that not that many the one big change you could not help but notice is that at the end of the novel the uh, you know the the german doctor right the german doctor goes get, falls in love with olivia hasse's hasse's character actually they fall in love even though the young marxist is trying there's a young like marxist, old doctor yes the old doctor goes off with the young woman yes exactly uh. in the movie you know it's the young marxist and olivia hasse's character who go off into the sunset but that's not the case um in in the uh, and of course in in the original and of course i don't recall if there were any and the the indian boat manager is you know i mean it's a deeply racist depiction i'm assuming ayas johar did a lot of those for the money i mean if you converted indian currency to us dollars yeah but but but, but the weird thing is and this was a weird to me um 1978 death in the nile had a lot of racism with the yeah. indian depiction somehow the liberal 2021 2022 death in the nile Someone to me manages to be more racist. Yes, yes. Yeah. But but it's, but it's, it's liberal racism. Yes, there's some. No, it's the, worse. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's racism that thinks it's woke. I don't know if I'm jumping the gun here because uh, if we're gonna talk about the new yeah. movie, but the thing I just could not just like not laugh at was remember. So in the in the new one, they have they have this character Book. Uh, Yasmin, is that yes. a, is that a character in the books? I don't, I don't know what's don't the deal with this guy. That. I don't recall that. That's that's the son, right? Yeah. So book actually in yeah in the book book does not actually exist in the same way. It's kind of he does exist as his mother's son. Um, so his like the the new movie completely blasts everything. Oh, yes, I, go ahead. Uh, uh, yeah. If you want, if you want, I could tell you because I looked it up myself because yeah, I was yeah, wondering yeah. where he came from. So I looked it up, and I guess he's a he's a he's the lord. Mm-hmm. He's a character in some other um book. I think I think he might be in in Orient Express. I'm not sure, but oh. but, but but what happened is Brana used that actor and that character in his murder in the Orient Express. And because it played oh, well right. with audiences and he liked them, he wanted to kind of create kind of like a, like, like Brana apparently wants to create kind of a, a trilogy or, or now, yeah. nowadays like five multiverse thing. Uh, so he wants to be like a cinematic universe as well oh, as continuing, <laughs> continuing plot lines. He doesn't really want to do it totally one and done. He wants to kind of make it like a, cinematic universe slash um Jesus. ongoing thing so he so he said let me just keep this mm. character going so now i think what bronick was kind of thinking is hey so book is in the first one and there'll be more and more tragedy to keep adding to poirot's origin so now <laughs> but, but he killed but he kills book in the in this movie but it but it makes sense in a bad way because you can see Brana with the whole like beginning of the film, which I yeah. which I guess oh. is not which is, is not in anything of him in World War was it World War One. Oh, we'll get to that. That is its own that's own thing. What what I'm saying is like he's trying to kind of create these emotional currents for Poirot. Yeah. So he's like mm-hmm. he, he's this guy, you know, because like, uh, being that book gets killed, so like exactly. he, he faces this tragedy. He had this tragedy of the loss of his love and all this. So it's like it's 
trying to make Poirot into this like really sappy, mm-hmm. um, melodramatic, like just just like ugh. it's like it, yeah. it, 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 it makes him corny as hell. Like, but hacky writers do that with Batman now, too. And mm-hmm. the reason I bring up Batman is because Michael Green is like a comic book kind of guy. And w- 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 what Batman is, is he had his parents die and that motivates him. Right. But like mm-hmm. the, new, the new writers kind of like we have to keep giving him new tragedies, keep making <laughs> him darker. So he has like three Robins die. Um, <laughs> this person died. His butler just died in the comics again. And I think that's like, what Brynock's trying to do. Like he has to keep giving him stuff to keep giving him more origin like you but know this, this is an obsession in a lot of modern writing this obsession yeah. with over backstory yeah i think yes. it's awful it over is awful and, and and compounding new traumas oh mm-hmm. gosh mm-hmm. i don't need all of it this, no. i want to watch him solve the crime right yeah, i, I want to get to the world war one second but back to book like he plays the same function as the David Niven character in the yes. 1970 character, but in the movie, but that made sense because uh, Poirot and, and the David Niven character, Colonel Rush, I forgot his name, are the same age. So it made sense that they were friends. In the new movie, I kept wondering, why is he so close <laughs> friends with this young man? Year old. There's something year old. going on here. It's like, is this some, like, with his situation? Mama. Like, what? <laughs> because Book is in the Bronog Murder in the Orient Express, so he expects the audience to know Book. From I I couldn't remember him and I didn't care. <laughs> I wanted them all to just go die on the bond on the right. Nile. <laughs> like, like, here's a twist for you. Set the whole damn thing on fire. <laughs> I think Bronach thought by having someone from the first movie die, the artists be more invested in their dying than you know if he introduced a new character. So right. I think, but as someone who didn't see Bronach's murder in the Orient Express, I didn't really <laughs> have this attachment to Book. I was just like, okay, who cares? I don't really. I watched it. The whole reason I brought yes. Book uh, T, you were talking yeah. about the, the liberal racism. So, you know, the, the, the love line is Book falls in, is in love with, with um, the Letitia oh, yeah. Wright character who is, oh, is Rosalie. And, the one. Yes. and I just thought it was so funny how he said his mother opposed their marriage because basically he said everything except race. I know. <laughs> I know. I was waiting, I was waiting <laughs> for that. I thought it was very implied, but he didn't but, want to say it. But because but then I thought, okay, maybe this is some Bridgerton thing where you're like really trying not to talk about race. But then later they talk about, I forgot who it was, but she hated Lynette because I think it was. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, a swimming pool. Yeah, the yeah. swimming pool. So, okay, we are in, in kind of like Jim Crow South. That exists. Yet, uh, Book's mother doesn't, her reason for opposing this is not because uh, Rosalie's black. Like, come on, this is, this is ludicrous. But that is Bridgerton because Bridgerton does that. Bridgerton acts race blind and suddenly says, right. by the way, you know, black people need to be represented. Right. Like, Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why, that's why it sucks. That's why it sucks. And, and this was just, it was so funny. Uh, sorry, yes, Ben, go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. No, but but that story about her mother, you know, her mother's backstory being that, yes, well, you know, I was once at a pool and Lynette was the one who wouldn't let me swim. And I'm thinking, 1920s? No, you wouldn't have been allowed to even walk towards the damn <laughs> yeah. pool. Come on, are we now erasing history altogether? And I think that's my big issue with all these anachronisms and what you called, you know, what everyone's identity identified correctly right as the liberal racism is that on the, it makes liberals feel good but it's also encouraging us to actually forget history oh yeah totally totally and, and, and but thing that was kind of dumb about it right uh, so m2 you didn't see the original movie right the that character the um I forget the actress's name um sophie uh something oh, yeah, yeah sophie yeah. Ok- okanedo 
Yeah, and it's like, um, I don't want to hear any more about how black British actors nail black American accents. No, they don't. Were, They're terrible at them. I'm sorry. <laughs> those, 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 were, those were horrid. But what was what was amazing to me, right? The original, um, the original Beth and the Nile, uh, that character is not a blues singer. She's a salacious, erotic mm. novel. She's a dirty old woman. Yeah, 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 she's a dirty old she's woman. She's more of a sex life. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. She apparently wrote some kind of novel that was kind of very transparently yeah. based on you know the, the, the murder victim or something and was being sued oh yes yes was being yes. sued for libel so her motive for why she would want to kill the um um the character that gal Gadot's playing is that she's being sued by her for writing a libelous novel that was a mm-hmm. thinly veiled um salacious trash novel about her and her and her exploits right so when they race ben her and they race ben uh, um i think in the original book and first movie it's a daughter but they make it into a aunt and niece who have a mother-daughter relationship All right. I, don't, I don't know why they're doing that but the original angela lansbury older woman the mother was just she was a total drunk and yeah. she was uh you know uh sloppy and sleazy and chris is right she's a dirty old lady <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, they, and they make her when they turn her black into something noble and yeah regal. And whatever, and to me, noble savage, noble savage, yeah, yeah, noble really. Savage. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's kind of racist in and of itself. Like, okay, but to make her black, I've got to make her the noble mm-hmm. savage that um, yeah. helps him get over his trauma and and has the the bond mots of wisdom. She, she, yeah. she basically, no, like, like that um, annoying conversation that her and Poirot have, where like he's kind of like smitten by her, and they're and she's and Sophia right. Daniel does her really bad. Like, I don't know what she's <laughs> trying to do. How Ma ran it. Accent. I don't know what, <laughs> where I don't that know, was from. I don't know what the hell that was. Yeah, one wow. of the strangest accents I've <laughs> ever heard in my life. Dude. But I, re- I remember watching it, going, "They really are going to give this character only affectation of a yeah. kind of sultry lady, but who knows what she wants and right. nothing else." She was yeah. boring. It was a boring, she, she's flat, really boring. nothing she's, character. She's, she's sensual. And by sensual, like people, when they think of the word sensual, they just think it means like sexy or something. But like she's sensual in like the very literal sense of like, you mm-hmm. know, the senses. Like, you know, she yeah. like, like, like and, it's, and it's very racist and tropey if you think about it. Yeah. right? Because, because yeah. this is what's happening here. Poirot is white and he's male. He's the intellect. And because he's so mm-hmm. in his head as the intellect mm-hmm. and whatever, he has shut off his emotional part. Oh, and, gosh. And he's a so European, racist. the intellectual, the white, and he needs the sensual, the person who touches the senses, the person who sings Negro's bluesy music, that magic yeah. bluesy music, which is suffering music. Uh, she, He needs her to feel his feelings for him. That's what Black people do. Yes. Magic right. Negro. She, yes. he puts, she puts him in touch with touch, the yeah. feelings, the, mm-hmm. the sense, mm-hmm. the and and her blues music and her Negro <laughs> suffering and her blackness is gonna help him, uh, you know, shed his European stuffiness. And it does for <laughs> other races too. They, they, they'll have the, that's such a classic, um, trope, yeah. old yeah. old trope of you know of of, of the rich refined yeah. person needing to going to the poor, often non-white yeah. area to find their kind of virility. Um, yeah, through yeah. through this kind of base, you know, base emotional filled sensual kind of uh, people. You know, it's it's the Titanic thing with a with a, with a, with a race. You mm-hmm. know, kind yeah, of totally. element. 
element to it. Yeah, totally. And you do it for all different types of uh, races too. You do it for Asian, Indian. Yep. You do it for mm-hmm. all types and class as well. They they do it too sometimes as well with like you know lower class whites and stuff like that. Oh yeah, that's know? true. That's a, that's a very good point. And and it still happens to this day. I saw a trailer for a movie where uh, this this white woman falls for an Indian guy. And uh, have you seen this trailer <laughs> for a movie that's coming out? And, and oh god! And and she basically she's like a scientist or something. <laughs> Oh, what you're talking yes. about. I've seen that. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. What is this? Yeah, and I'm like, they're still making this in 20 in 2022. Right? They're still Jeez. doing this. Yes. So, so so basically, I mean, and, and I'm like, okay, so yeah, this is actually so much more racist than the first movie. It is. I'm, I mean, she's just she's total like magic negro, but, but totally. yeah, she's a sexual uh magic negr- negress yeah you know who's like uh helping the the um white guy get in touch with his feelings right. and his soul and find his soul and break through his uh intellect and the de- and emotional detachment and everything and meanwhile the daughter in the original one rosalie is just a kind of like a regular girl she's not just a pretty face on the, yeah, yeah, on the bar. Face. but right. now she's like uh, a girl boss, you know, yes. the black woman who was also she gambles, but she never loses more than she spends. She also, oh, yeah. this. I she remember that, that. hilarious she part. This, that and I'm like, just shut up, man. Like, you're not even making her a person. You're just making her like such a pander now. You know, yeah. and black liberals love that shit. Black liberals oh, are totally. so are so in love with these narratives of black mm. excellence. It's and like so so that's why Letitia Wright and Sophia Canada would like totally get into it because you can tell they're total black liberal actors. They're like, was well, this oh, she canceled now because of her uh, anti-vax thing? Oh, and, and, and she's homophobic. Well, in, and, she, and she's and she's like well, yeah, she's, religious. She's, 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 oh, this was like made in 2019, so I guess that yeah. this was. I mean, army. I mean, remember, army hammers in yeah. it, so we know if it was, if it was <laughs> two, years, two years later, it wouldn't come out. This is the problem with the new Death on the Nile. It, it it hinges on the fact that army hammer is so irresistible that right. all these people <laughs> will commit murder for him and. Even before his uh, cannibalism fetish thing, that was a little hard to buy. But now it's, it's right. ludicrous that all the, all these women would basically commit murder or uh, hatch all these conspiracies. What was that mustache? They call Tyler Perry's people for the yeah, mustache. Army Ham is interesting that physically, there's not anything actually wrong with him. Like every feature. Oh, he's, he he's a very handsome man. He's But but he just has no personality. No personality. But it's the same with Gal Gadot, right? It's like, yeah, f- physically you, she's great, but it's just like there's nothing there. Yeah, I mean, you also <laughs> I, I first saw this like meme on Twitter. The horrible. It's not really a sex scene because they're just kind of uh, I guess dry humping. <laughs> oh, 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 what, what did she say? Oh God, it was not. Well, sexy. they were they were in the ta- uh, the, the temple of Abu Simbel, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, show me your serpent, and I thought, are we going there? <laughs> There are two of the most gorgeous people in a traditional sense I've ever seen right. with no sex appeal. Yeah, I think no one of the comments is like, how can two people be so beautiful yet have no sex appeal? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no. Yeah. I, I had I had that moment, like, like I, I find Gail Godot, like, when I see pictures of her, she's a really beautiful woman. Very. And then she opens her mouth <laughs> and I literally lose all attraction. What was that accent? Right, she's know. I mean, it's her natural me, accent, right? It, it really, yeah, and it's Gal Gadot playing Gal Gadot in Gal Gadot, the movie. I mean, some 
someone give her an Oscar for playing Gal Gadot for the accent. Like, like, no. like sometimes when someone can't yeah, do an that's accent, bad. Like, like for example, Jean Claude Van right. Damme, they'll always try to find a reason to make. He's from right. Belgium and he immigrated <laughs> here as eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so it's like uh, Gal and Street Fighter. Oh, I was born in Belgium, but I moved right. to America. Right. Or like Schwarzenegger, who doesn't even try. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger doesn't have doesn't even have another have another accent, but they do have some kind of in story reason for why he. Right. Yeah. You know, but but it was weird. Like she just had her Israeli accent, mm-hmm. and this didn't bother to explain it. I'm like, is she supposed to be Israeli in this version? Mm-hmm. Is she British? Is she trying to do a British accent right now? Is that what's happening? Like 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 what's happening? But she nobody cannot. mentioned it. Everyone just acted like it was the most normal thing in the world. And, and well, with yeah. all those terrible accents in it, I don't think they could. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm making a joke. No, I mean, I, you're, total, you're totally correct. I mean, the one thing my army hammer is like, yeah, like it's like you watch young Paul Newman and like you mm. can see the the mm. sex appeal oh, kind God, of yes. emanating from him mm. because he's a, he's a great actor. Army Hammer is just a really tall. Is he, is he tall? Like a very stately guy. He seems very tall. He seems yeah. like six three. Yeah, he's he's wide, yes. but like you know, kind yes. of you know you know exactly. But he he does not have any kind of like verve. You know, like, oh, wow. like, like yeah. six five. That's like NBA height. Six five. That's taller than Jason Momoa. That's taller than Jeff Goldblum, I think. That's like Jeff Goldblum height. As far as looks aren't that great, but they have such verve. They seem sexier than they are. It's like Robert Mitchum. Look, look at Robert Mitchum's face. Yeah. Sleepy, droopy eyes. The kind of like broken nose type of look. And mm-hmm. he kind of looks like a I mean, or a stumble bum. But he exudes uh, sex appeal. I could see yeah. people finding him uh, sexy. Whereas I could say like Gal Gadot is more classically like beautiful than say Faye Dunaway. But Faye Dunaway is sexy. Oh yeah, much sexier. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Jessica Lang, like sexy because they knew how to act. Yes, yeah. Like Gal Gadot does not know how to act. She can just she should just walk or be in still pictures. Yeah, and but, that Imagine video didn't help either. Yeah. No, oh dear God, no, no, no. She and I, I and the movie makes absolutely no sense. I mean, you know, there's a moment where I guess dresses up as Cleopatra on top oh, of a pyramid. What was yeah, that? what was that? She's like toffee tall, like what in the was that? Was really what? Sad. She had to get on top of a ladder <laughs> to get on top of that. And I didn't coke? understand. Yeah, what was the point of all of that? Mm. Also, also, what was the point of moving so many scenes that originally took place like on the boat to Egypt? They were gonna make Egypt look that cheap. I don't understand <laughs> at all. Egypt looked like um, I was I was watching this um Korean this K drama called uh, Vincenzo. Oh yeah, you love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was watching Vincenzo, right? And Vincenzo is like this uh cheap K drama that they have him going to Italy and all around the world mm-hmm. on green screen. Somehow Vincenzo <laughs> had better green screen than this big screen. Like, like they looked like they were uh, on a YouTube or a Twitch stream uh, mm-hmm. green screen. Like, like that's how bad Egypt looked. The wow. boat looked cheap. The water looked cheap. It reminded me of The Mummy. The, the 1999. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Which was so much fun. Yeah, but like that was kind of like a, a B action adventure so you're like yeah whatever like the you know thebes or or whatever it doesn't really look real we don't care that's and okay, that was but, the early uh, day of cgi when no yes. cgi looked good so yep. they were doing the best they could do but it just looked bad but now we know they can do better 
And so it should not look like the mummy. But the thing is, like, you know, Mtuma and I were talking about this, right? During the po- our part, the podcast that I did with him, where we were talking about the importance of story. So you can have, a sh- you know, especially 90s CGI shit, right? And you know, it's not actually Egypt. You know, you know, you know that this is all technology stuff, but you're okay with it because mm-hmm. the story is so well done and you're just like okay fine of course we know this isn't real it's like Lord of the Rings you know that the golem is not real looking you know it it looks weird but the story is great the narrative thrust keeps you going and you don't care it's kind of like the Godzilla movies that I watched a kid those were shitty but oh they were amazing see the wires but but also you you don't think Gollum looked good he did no he did but you can also tell he was you know like I guess maybe if you watch it today right you would say I think he still stands out but but he's still no you're right you're right about but that's what I was going to say next Gollum might look faker now because you know how much better it can be that is true but at the time but it also didn't matter and it doesn't matter now either you know but you also knew that they were doing the best they could do with what they had <laughs> so, so, so you'd be forgiving like 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 when i watched the old christopher reeve superman movie oh yeah i could tell he was on a green screen but that was the best i had seen yes till that point there was a sense that they were pushing things forward whereas this is in an era where we know they can do better than this so and why be- are you making it look worse than the golem you know because what I mean? the bugger doesn't know how to write a story well, yeah. i think braddock is this pompous twit who really thinks that he can coast along on his reputation mm. as kenneth Branagh, and he wants to be thespian i think that's his whole thing right i am a thespian and i am forced to make these movies that are not hamlet so let me invent these weird backstories of trauma mm. you know to give myself something more to do and humanize them i mean you know he's he's he's, he's so bad be, he's a dumb guy yeah. trying to be smart he and really is. No, I think that's it. This that's movie it. was. Yeah. This movie was dumbed down in the parts where it should have stayed yes, smart. Exactly. And then it got in the parts where it should have kept it simple. It was very. Yeah. Like, like, like for example, when the couple shoots each other in the original version, it was just simple and effective. Yeah. In this one, they try to make it very lyrical and overdone. Yeah. The, there's and no way that 22 uh, <laughs> could have penetrated both of them. Especially yeah. since she said before earlier in the movie that this is basically a toy. toy but gun. it's supposed yeah. to be able to go through one human body and, and uh, mortally uh, wound the other one. Like, come on now. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, exactly. And then there's a close-up of the blood stain expanding. <laughs> I yeah. know. It's so like gorgeous looking. It's like this, it's a crusade. It's a super 22 gun. In 1978 <laughs> version, she just shoots him and it works so much better. But, but she then, shoots him and then she shoots herself. So it makes sense. Right. Okay. And in the novel, basically what's happening is that they're being taken off the boat. And that's when Poirot realizes, wait, she's got a gun with her. Mm. And she shoots him while he's, you know, being carried out on a stretcher. She shoots him and then she Simon, shoots herself. Simon, yeah, she shoots yeah. Simon and then she shoots herself. Yeah. And I, again, much like the scene in the 1978, you know, just just taken inside rather than outside. And an example of the opposite of him taking something that was done more intensely in the original and making it simpler, right? And doing that wrong was in the 1978 version when Simon McCorkendale shoots himself and inflicts a wound on himself to, um, mm-hmm. you know, finish off the deception. And the way Simon McCorkendale makes himself sweat oh, and yeah. himself White. and everything was really intense. And I like that. And then when Army Hammer's version, it's like, and then I have to <laughs> shoot myself. Bang. Okay, it's done. <laughs> 
this guy is the worst. So he's only a bad actor. He's just a bad director, too. Yeah. He just makes bad choices. Yeah. The, the movie was like, I, I'm watching it and I'm like, this movie tonally has no identity, right? So, like, mm-hmm. I'm watching the movie. I'm like, okay, the beginning, I'm going to get this big mellow, melodrama thing with like the World War One. I. I was like, okay, this is a very earnest movie, okay? So then they get to like the whole, you know, dancing thing, which also well, was what just was up with that dance? It was awful. The one between Jackie and Simon just went on for like five minutes. It was so awkward. But also it was just weird because like, I guess you're trying to do like this interracial kind of like juke club. And I'm like, in what decade yeah. is this like happening? You know, like <laughs> where, where people are able to do this, that's this freely in a kind of what place where like cameras are. This, this is like so, so not accurate. It's like, it's not happening. Not a, like interracial people, a lot of presentism in it. Yeah. Like Rosalie mounts off to that rich white dude and he just takes it and he's like, damn, you're like, you're, you're feisty. I like you. Yeah, it doesn't make any <laughs> sense. But then Brana tries to do these like little like quippy asides, which he does terrible. Like they never land in comedy. <laughs> like his, his comedy never lands. So I'm like, oh, you're trying to do like a kind of light thing and add it here. But it always falls flat. Like he doesn't understand beats or tone. Yeah, yeah. I'm watching the whole the entire movie like mm-hmm. and I'm like, dude, like or, or like when, uh, when what's her name? The uh, the the other one, the, the girlfriend who he plots. What's her name in the movie? Jackie. 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 And Jackie like comes in as that really bad CGI of her in the back walk through. And I'm like, what's the point of this? I don't I don't get why she needs this special backdrop right. to come through right now. Why are you doing this? What was the, the the directorial choice? It is the most confused piece of directing I've I've seen in years. And that's saying a lot. I, I watched it. I said, I don't understand any choice that's happening here. This thing is totally all over the place. It has no identity whatsoever, other than let's be excessive. Mm-hmm. And I think, the, you know, it, which makes me, which reminds me that I think perhaps the reason why Kenneth Branagh was such a big deal in the 90s is that he took material that didn't in a way actually need a lot of work. You know, he had, he took Frankenstein, he yeah. took a lot of Shakespeare, and he took these classic texts that are already written, right? And here, I think what he does is he takes an Agatha Christie and he does to Agatha Christie what he thinks he can't do to Shakespeare. Whereas I think you know there are very good renditions of Shakespeare, which sort of I haven't seen the I haven't seen the Cohen one, for instance. But I hear it's good. I people I trust say it's good. I don't know, but I think Branagh got away with it in the nineties because yeah, there was a whole Miramax thing. There was a whole British movie thing, and then you know he had these classic texts with which you can't go wrong. But here he takes this also a classic text in his own way. And I think that what angers me about Branagh, frankly, is his contempt for Agatha Christie fans and readers. <laughs> yeah. It oh, angers really? me. Yeah, it really angers me because here's the thing. What he's basically saying is, you know, Agatha Christie, uh, you know, we've got to sex her up. We've got uh, to pump it up. We've got to remove, you know, any traces of, let's say, a certain kind of racism. We've got to do this because, you know, Agatha Christie, they, no one will like it. We're just looking at her, him and going, listen, motherfucker, she has depth, but it's a different kind of depth. We don't want Shakespeare in Agatha Christie. We understand that these are two different genres of fiction. Right. And I frankly, I'm not even a huge. Don't tell anyone I said this. I'm not a huge Shakespeare fan. I got in trouble with my English professor in college because I said uh, I didn't I'm not think the, Hamlet. I'm not a Shakespeare fan right. Either. I was like, Hamlet is not a great play. And there was silence for like five minutes. 
<laughs> and I had to quickly back. But, you know, <laughs> it's like, okay, I don't, let's just pretend I didn't say that in class. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I think the thing that angers me is his contempt for the genre. I mean, it's fine whether you're doing, you know, you should respect a genre no matter what it is. If you're doing Shakespeare, fine. You know, there are these soliloquies about human nature and blah, 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 all of that. Fine. Render those in a particular way. Respect those in a certain way. Agatha Christie, it's a basic story. You know, it's very elemental in some ways, but it's also very interesting. You know, respect her, motherfucker. Yeah, I think this is how I feel about that is that, uh, and I totally like, Actually, Chris, uh, you were saying something. I'll let you make... I, I'm going to get my thoughts together. Uh, you, well, I was going to say, first. if we want to talk about respecting the material, we should talk about that World War One uh, kind of like setting up of him. But you asked me, I got a question for you because yeah. you said that in the novel, uh, Hercule just happens to be vacationing in Egypt when he gets pulled into this thing. Is that That's right? That's what I recall. That's what I recall. Okay. Yeah. Because the thing that confused me about the the most recent one, I don't know if it was like this in 1978, is that he's specifically brought on by uh, Lynette to basically protect her from murder. But I'm thinking, no. he's a detective. Yeah, no, no. You want this guy after you're murdered. If you want protection, hire a bodyguard. I don't know why you bring on this old man. In which version who, was he brought on to protect her from murder? 1978 uh, version? No, the, the the recent one, the one with oh, Gal I, I thought in this one he was so, so, oh, so he has two purposes. He's brought on to protect her from murder, but he's also brought on to investigate the um the spouse Rosalie as well, the the fiance. All right, that's that's no, that's, that's his the first, new that's, one. That that in the new one, that's his first purpose. He's there because he's supposed to investigate the girl women, and then Gal, and then Gal, and then Gal Gadot asks him to join them on the ship because she's afraid. Those, and both of those are not his job. No, <laughs> like, no, like, he's like, vacationing, as yeah, I recall. He's not but a I'm reading it. He's not a bodyguard. He's not a background check specialist. He's a <laughs> right. So in the book, so in the book, he's actually just on on holiday. All right, y'all. So that is the end of part one. Go to, again, patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks or click the link in the show notes to get part two. Be good. <laughs>